The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, here we are. And the choice, the choice is ours. Which direction we will go today. Are we going to go high or are we going to go low? I can't tell you. I might end up doing a little bit of both. We might go high, we might go low. I have uh, many topics to get to. Senator Chris Coons is going to join us. Uh, Yesterday, if you were here late on the show yesterday, you heard a conversation with a member of Congress about the, the aftermath of the shooting, the shooting at the, the GOP baseball practice. And it was a Congress, congressperson, a representative from upstate New York who talked to us yesterday at the very end of the show, and we kind of ran out of time. So we will hopefully get to speak with uh, Congressman Tenney, Representative Tenney. Uh, she's trying to work us into her schedule today. And there are a lot of topics to address today. So I said we have... Senator Chris Coons, who wanted to talk about something in health care. And I imagine we will get to the conversation about, uh, well, all of us and our demeanor and how we handle each other and political discourse, the hot topic of the day. I'm coming to you, as, as I do virtually every day, from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker here in the woods of Arden, Delaware. Arden is, oh, about an hour and 15-minute train ride from Washington, D.C. And tonight in Washington, D.C. is the annual congressional baseball game. And I think it's not a bad idea to maybe stretch my schedule a little bit and jump on a train after I leave here and go, go witness that game in a support of a show of solidarity for everybody. For both sides of the aisle. And I say that because when I went to get tickets, I looked online. I I jumped online to see if there were tickets available. Yes, there are still tickets available. However, the best possible tickets, uh, they're reserved seats on the Democratic side of things. (laughs) So if I do go tonight, I will have uh, tickets to the congressional baseball game game. 
at the Washington National Stadium on the side of the field that will be playing host to the Democrats. Can't you just see me sitting behind Nancy Pelosi? Uh, something tells me she's not going to be at the game. But I reserved, I reserved four seats, and they're, they're in a, a blue section <laughs> of, the, of the stadium. And if, if I do go, I just tried to see if my brother was in town. He's not. He's, he's uh, actually going to New York. So he will be in the New York section. Uh, but, but if I can, if I can get there, uh, maybe I'll drag some of the Blaze crew from the D.C. office and invite them to join me. We'll see, we'll see what we can find. But there are seats. Oh, look at this. There may be some seats in the GOP section as well. It's for charity, what the heck. Maybe we buy another set and we move from one side to the other during the, during the game to show our solidarity. Anybody listening in the D.C. area care to join us? We could have an, a nice little meeting of the, of the Testudo forces from the Stunt Brainiacs here on, on Puro Pelka. If you're going or if you're thinking about going, Give me a call, 888-900-3393, I was going to say first beers on me. That's probably not a good idea. That's probably actually a very bad idea. But we'll see. Maybe this is a, a good thing. I know there are some seats in Section 113 and Section 133. 113 is the third base side of the field. That's the Democrat side of the field. And, of course, the GOP is on the right. Those are the red seats. And um, I think Section 133, there's an opening. So we'll have to see. You might see me there. You might see me weaseling, trying to get a picture with some of the politicians. I do think it's important to show support. So uh, stay tuned for an update on that. Uh, In terms of other events going on today on the show, you know, I have a, a whole bunch of stupid news that I have to share with you. Uh, a, a really an ex- excessively stupid news that I want to share with you, and we'll get to that in a little bit. There is a statement from the dad of Otto Warmbier. So Papa Warmbier had a press conference and had some very interesting things to say, not just about how North Korea treated his son, but how the current administration and the past administration treated his son and his family. We'll play you some of those comments. And there's news in the Cosby trial. Just, uh, just a few minutes before we came to air, there was a, a breaking story that, that we were told, we were told that, that the... Um, the jury is deadlocked, that they can't come to a decision. So uh, I wonder what's going to happen there. And here's what normally happens when a jury is deadlocked. The judge sends them all back with an order, basically, they call it the dynamite order. And I don't know why they call them the dynamite order. I guess it means that they're kind of blowing up the reality if they don't get this done. And in this case, the judge is basically saying, you are the ones who can get this done. You are the ones best suited 
to uh, accomplish uh, some sort of verdict here. And they said they were deadlocked, so that was the problem. And in terms of a, a deadlocked jury, um, you know, can they go back and, and redo it? Can they go back and come up with an actual verdict when they say they're deadlocked? I don't know. I don't know what the, the protocol is on that. Uh, there were all kinds of legal experts yakking on CNN earlier saying, well, you know, in past times it could be they'll go back and in three hours say they really can't do it or in three hours come back with a verdict. Really? That's what you got? That's a whole lot of nothing. So we shall see. We shall see what, what, what can and what will happen in the case of um, Bill Cosby. And one of the experts actually brought up a pretty interesting point saying, you wonder if the jurors are just sitting there going, he made me laugh for so many years, I don't know if I can see him and convict him like this. You wonder. I, I don't know. I haven't heard all of it. But there, there is something strange that's been going on in that courtroom. Uh, and it's actually something that's been going on outside of the courtroom. And I thought this was bizarro. Uh, Bill Cosby has, on more than one occasion, actually done something pretty strange when he leaves the courtroom at the end of the day. Bill Cosby has, and we played it, gosh, we played it back on, uh, I think it was like June 5th. So it's almost 10 days ago that we, we played the Bill Cosby doing the Fat Albert voice as he came out of the courtroom. Do you remember it? He was coming out of the courtroom and people were cheering him on, basically giving him a congratulations, Mr. Cosby, we're with you. And this was back on June 5th. Piling on. Oh, no, that's Cosby's interview. I'll, I'll, get to the, uh, I'll get the fat Albert, hey, hey, hey. But I think the hey, hey, hey is Bill Cosby basically mocking the system. I think it's Bill Cosby saying, you got nothing. I got this. And so he's apparently done it again, not just last week, but again today or yesterday. So I think Bill Cosby believes he's got this. I think Bill Cosby believes he's walking away. And the, the hung jury, at least the deadlock jury at this point, would indicate that that's a possibility. That's a strong possibility. I'll keep an eye on it. We'll, if, if anything else turns up from this, we'll let you know. Uh, there's also, there's more video from the, from the uh, shooting event that was released. I don't know if you need to hear it. It's basically the gunfire over and over again and people saying, where is he? Where is he? So you know what it is. There is a, a new audio released of Hodgkinson, the killer, and it kind of proves that he's a little bit of a wackadoodle. Not that you needed confirmation on that, but it's, it's um, audio proof that this guy was a troubled man. That just about 10 seconds of him. The 99% are getting pushed around, and, and the 1% are just not giving a damn. So we've got to speak up for the, the whole country. The whole country. We've got to speak up for the whole country. So he was basically saying, I'm going to have to speak up for the whole country. I'm, I'm still convinced that we need to take the high road. 
I'm still convinced that it's our job to seek higher ground and not fall into the, the I said this yesterday, I'll say it again today, not fall into the, the trap of saying, yeah, well, what about when you guys did it? No, no. And I, I played you Bernie Sanders' statement yesterday. I still stand by it. I got some angry emails from people yesterday who were saying, uh, you know, you know, um, I'm, I'm leaving you, Mike. I'm leaving you, Mike, because uh, you, you're supporting Bernie Sanders and his statement. I said, no, that's really not what I'm supporting. I'm supporting us understanding that the person responsible for the shooting yesterday was the guy with the gun, not the rhetoric that's been kicked around, not the mass media, not the Democrats, not Rosie O'Donnell. It's the guy with the gun who had the responsibility and the choice to pick up the gun and do what he was going to do with it. It's his responsibility. So to you, sir, who have decided that you've had enough and uh, without even hearing, without even hearing my interview with Chris Coons, he also decided that that was going to be a problem and told me that just speaking to Chris Coons meant that I was disqualified. Well, I'm going to lead by talking to different sides of the aisle. I'm going to lead by finding different opinions and trying to understand their opinion and try to share mine with them because ultimately I believe my argument is the right argument. I believe freedom and liberty and personal choice and personal responsibility is the answer. And I believe the communicating is what has to happen. So Dave A, you know who you are. You do listen, or at least you used to listen. But calling me pathetic for supporting Bernie Sanders' statement is not a way to make an argument. Calling Chris Coons a pathetic excuse for a man is not a way to make an argument. Just not going to work. You guys are always welcome to send me your thoughts. Mike at theblaze.com. Mike at theblaze.com. You're welcome to call 888-900-3393. You're welcome to join me on the Twitter. Today's vital question on Twitter relates to taxation because it's a focus of something I'm, I'm zeroing in on here in my state. So I do have some things that uh, I need to get to today. All right, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, let's, uh, should we talk about Hillary Clinton and her dreams of being Wonder Woman? Maybe we should. That's not in the goofy news either. No, that's not part of the goofy news. It's part of stuff that actually happened. We'll talk, we'll laugh, we'll cry. It's a lot like life. This is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Still to come today, some really strange news. Some Saturday Night Fever news. I, I know some of you are are saying, why are you talking about a movie that was made 10 years before I was born or 20 years before I was born? Why? Because it's one of the greatest films ever made that nobody knew was going to be a hit. That's why. And you'll find out. You have to listen to find out. So uh, some big Saturday Night Fever news. Yeah, I know. It's my theme song, Staying Alive. Actually, uh, back in the day, back in the radio day, there's somewhere in the files, and it's been on the um, on the Throwback Thursday picture hit on Twitter in my past, there is a photo of me with all three living Bee Gees when they all were still with us. I guess this is kind of the showbiz section here because we will get to Hillary Clinton and her Wonder Woman obsession. I have to salute Los Angeles. I know I'm regularly tough on California, specifically on Hollywood. But uh, L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti and L.A. Police Chief Charlie Beck, you are getting a kudos today. You are getting a salute from me. Why? Because tonight... Tonight at City Hall at 9 o'clock West Coast time, midnight Eastern. At City Hall, there's going to be a special tribute from Los Angeles in honor of the late Adam West, who will forever be known as Batman. TV's Batman. He made one movie, but it, it was television's version of Batman, a show that was so popular ABC had to run it twice a week. It was, as Trump would say, huge. But tonight, outside City Hall, which is Spring Street in Los Angeles, they are going to light up the bat signal in the skies over Los Angeles. I know, it's silly, but... Thank God L.A. has the chance to do this. I, I think this is actually a more reasonable tribute than when they had, what was the name of that dumb movie with the, the musical version of the, uh, La La Land? They had La La Land Day earlier this year with a bunch of people dancing around downtown. At least this is a tribute to Batman. And if you can't make it to the ceremony, Adam West family says, please, Donate to the Adam West Memorial Fund for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital or Camp Rainbow Gold, which is uh, one of those Idaho-based camps for kids battling cancer, both charities. I'll tweet out links to those later. But congratulations to you. Now let's, let's get over in the, the other showbiz department with uh, Hillary Clinton, who seems to have an obsession with Wonder Woman. Now I haven't 
haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, but I'm going to. Oh boy. Because it's directed by the fabulous Patty Jenkins. But something tells me that a movie about a strong, powerful woman fighting to save the world from a massive international disaster is right up my alley. Isn't she precious? Let's not stop her. Let's let her keep going. again on screen and off congratulations elizabeth on receiving the crystal award for excellence in film what an extraordinary achievement you are not only a creative force in front of the camera and behind it you are a passionate advocate for women's equality and opportunity i can vouch for that and i'm so grateful for your support and friendship and for your sense of humor I can't think of a more fitting person to receive this distinguished award. So congratulations to Elizabeth and to everyone. And thank you to Women in Film for your commitment to creating media that celebrates the diversity of our world and helps us see each other and ourselves more clearly. With that, I'd like to introduce Donna Langley, Chair of Universal. So there's, there's Hillary Rodham Clinton. Uh, talking about her Wonder Woman obsession. Every time I hear any politician, not just politicians on the left, but politicians on the right too, reading these phony scripts that sound like they're they're doing color commentary on a parade, it just makes me want to, well, I better take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, this is kind of crazy. Welcome back, first of all, to Pure Opelka. Mike Opelka here, uh, 888-900-3393. O- open lines of discussion today as we hang out and wait for Senator Chris Coons to give us a call. We're also trying to reach out again to uh, Representative Tenney from upstate New York. If you're here at the end of the show, you heard a portion of her story. She's the congresswoman who received... The email after the shooting that said one down, 216 to go from some sicko. And I want to I want to hear more from this this representative. She's a Republican who doesn't register as a Republican, a person who is uh, says she's a conservative, but gets no endorsement from the Republican Party in her part of the state of New York. Interesting, right? Uh, I want to find out more about her. There was just a breaking news piece out of uh, the U.S. Open where the golf tournament is supposed to kick off today. Well, it has. And they had a blimp over the tournament, apparently caught fire. And people parachuted out. We're trying to find out if there's any more to the story. Uh, Here's just a clip of people observing it. Hope there's no cursing. Yes. Oh, my God. 
They just parachuted out. They just parachuted out. Do you see them? They just parachuted out. They just parachuted out. Those people are parachuting out of the blimp. I will, uh, I will send you guys the video via Twitter, and I hope they're okay. Blimps over golf courses, sporting events, tennis matches, football games, kind of a kind of a thing here in America. I wonder which blimp it was. I think the Snoopy blimps are grounded, or at least they're not using the Snoopy blimps for the U.S. Open. It's probably somebody else's. We'll see, but let me let me tweet out the blimp video as we speak. It just really crossed. So you, you can see what I was talking about. Uh, craziness. The U.S. Open kicking off today. One of the big, big golf tournaments here in America. I mentioned Senator Chris Coons from Delaware scheduled to join us today. Senator Coons is a neighbor, a friend. I consider him to be a good guy in spite of his liberal leanings. He said he was going to try and give us a call from the train. He is headed back from Wilmington to D.C. And uh, I wonder if he's going to the game tonight. I wonder if he'll be there. I think, oh, is that him on the phone? Senator, welcome back to Pure Opelk. I want to talk to you about uh, several things. I know you want to talk about health care, but I'm also concerned about you after yesterday and, and your colleagues. How are you doing today? Thanks, Mike. I'm doing okay. Um, you know, yesterday was, I think, a very uh, shocking and somber day uh, in the Capitol. I know uh, several of the Republicans who were at the baseball practice yesterday morning. Uh, Jeff Flake is a good friend of mine. We've traveled together. Um, he personally tended to um, two of the wounded. Uh, I am just so grateful for the uh, prompt action and, and the bravery of the Capitol Police who returned fire. Um, the Alexandria police who responded to the scene promptly. Um, without that, uh, yesterday could have been a, a much more tragic day. Uh, yeah. And it's it's just a reminder. Uh, I think that uh, we need to we need to pay attention to mental health issues in our country, and we need to reduce the the attacks and the vitriol and the personal language used in campaigns. Um, this uh, we don't know the details yet of this gentleman, but. By early press reports, um, this was a politically motivated shooting, and that's a chilling development in our country. Yeah, and especially when when we think there are, there are folks like like the guy on the line here, Chris Coons, who who doesn't walk around with armed security. He's a guy who walks among us as citizens, and you're, you're a guy who I don't want to have to worry about you. I don't want to have to worry about any of our elected officials. It's, we've never had a congressperson killed by an assassin. And God help us if we do. I, I pray for Steve Scalise today, yesterday, today, tomorrow. Uh, his condition is still bad from what we hear. Isn't, isn't that what you're hearing as well? Yeah, critical but stable um, is what I've um, heard from uh, mutual friends, he will he will have um, at, at least one more, maybe several more surgeries, mm. um, and he, he's he's going to have a, a road to to recovery. You know, there was also a, a shooting at a UPS facility in San Francisco yesterday. Uh, I heard from a friend of mine who um, lost someone that she cared about and knew well, uh, who worked there. But we we have to, I think, be more thoughtful about security in this country and. Um, have a more constructive conversation about how we respect each other uh, and how we address some of our unresolved issues in terms of security. 
And I'm with you on that. And our our media coverage yesterday, I was kind of upset, Senator, I have to tell you, at my own business, because the UPS shooting, where there were people killed, got almost no coverage. The yeah. the London fire, which had dozens injured and a dozen killed, had almost no coverage compared to this. Now, granted, this was in the backyard. This was part of our government, et cetera. But um, part of my industry needs to watch what it's doing, too, and make sure we're not throwing gasoline on places we shouldn't be throwing it. But are, are you going to the game tonight, sir? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I have a long planned speech, and then I'm coming home. Um, it's funny you mention that because I, I was thinking of saying to my staff, gee, do you think I should buy a ticket and go, even though, you know, that, that would mean I really wouldn't get home until tomorrow. Uh, I have a whole bunch of appointments, events, speeches uh, in Delaware tomorrow. Um, but uh, I may buy tickets and send some folks from the office if they want to go, just just out of solidarity. I think it'll be a sold-out game tonight. Um, and I, I think, you know, this is one of the few remaining traditions of bipartisanship. Uh, you know, they play hard. They, uh, you know, for a bunch of old guys, they play a pretty tough game, I understand. <laughs> um, but it's the practices running up to it and the the game itself that, you know, it allows the families and, uh, members to spend some time together, and uh, you know we just don't have enough uh, opportunities for uh, really spending time together. Um, I was just writing uh, some thank you notes uh, last night. Uh, I traveled to Southeast Asia with Senator John McCain and with uh, Senator John Barrasso, both Republicans, um, along with eight members of the House, Republicans and Democrats, to a regional security conference, and it was moving. Um, to be able to visit the prison where John McCain was held as a POW for five and a half years. Oh, my God. Um, to do a whole series of meetings about security and China, uh, North Korea, and our regional alliances. Uh, and it was a really uplifting trip because, you know, frankly, it was a chance for us to get to know each other as members and to advocate as Americans rather than as partisans. Um, and that was just last week uh, to be back in this environment. Um, so quickly, it was pretty jarring yesterday. I can imagine. I, I, I got a chill when you talked about the prison where John McCain was held. I, I, I chill up my spine. I can't imagine what it's like to be there with Senator McCain and experience that that same moment where he's looking at that place and trying to, uh, you worry about him, but he seems to be handling it better than, than any of us would expect. Um, did you hear the story about, uh, Congresswoman Tenney from uh, upstate New York and the email she received yesterday? I, I did not. She got an email and that the subject line said, one down, 216 to go. And she's also a, a congresswoman who has wow. a son serving in the Marines in Iraq right now. And someone, when she paid tribute to him on Memorial Day, somebody wrote in the comment section, I hope he comes home bagged. And so I'm I'm with you Congress I'm with you Senator on anything we can do to get the rhetoric down to where I, I always tell people when they say you're having Chris Coons on he's a democrat I said look we we can disagree without being disagreeable and that's the whole point here it's discussion without attacking each other so I'm I'm hoping we can tamp this down I'm hoping we can move forward and that's why I might be going Tonight, if I can get back in time to do the show in the morning, that's what it all it all. 
It all comes down to that. So um, hang on a second, uh, Senator. I want to step away. I know you want to talk health care, and we will. I want to hear about this new bipartisan proposal you've got working, and we'll deal with it next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. We're talking to Senator Chris Coons from Delaware. He's on the train headed to D.C. and wanted to talk about some health care when we left. Senator? Two things on that, Mike. Uh, And I've just pulled into the D.C. station, so there may be some noise in the background here. Um, You know, first, I, I disagree with the way that the Republican Senate majority is going about developing their alternative to the Affordable Care Act. There have been no hearings, no markups, no public conversation. Uh, and so I, I can't tell you what, what's in that bill or what the details are. Well, uh, uh, wait, when we're going to have... the Affordable Care Act was adopted, um, there were days and days and days of hearings and markups. More than 150 Republican-authored amendments were accepted into the bill. That's a piece of that history that's not, I think, widely known. Um, but in a day where I'm trying to focus on bipartisanship, um, I just wanted to emphasize that Senator Bill Cassidy and I um, have a bill together. We, we introduced it in the last Congress um, when uh, Obama was still president. And, you know, it was unclear whether we would be repealing the Affordable Care Act, uh, whether there would be a new Republican majority and Republican president uh, working together to repeal the Affordable Care Act this year. Uh, but it's a bill we're going to keep working on together. Um, it it provides for uh, a direct to beneficiary uh, modest cash benefit if you go sit down with your doctor and have a conversation about end-of-life care and produce some medical directive. It doesn't say what that end-of-life care decision needs to be. You can say, I want absolutely every possible medical measure, or you can say, I want hospice, or you can say, I don't want heroic measures. Um, but it is a path forward on what has been a very hard conversation. Um, our bill has been endorsed by the National Right to Life Committee. Um, they have never endorsed a, uh, uh, an options bill before. And the approach we took was to meet with a whole series of um, patient advocacy groups, the medical groups, and to look for a solution that was about patient empowerment. Um, and I'm, I'm just encouraged that, you know, a conservative Republican senator and I uh, can work together on a bill on what is often a very divisive area. And it's also a huge cost center for us when we look at end of life, uh, beginning of life and end of life, the two most expensive parts of life in health care. And somebody posted something the other day, Senator, uh, is Senator Chris Coons on the phone with us, obviously, that said, why don't we take that group of people, that section of our life, and put them in their own pool and let the free market deal with the rest of it, that we fund whatever it is that's going to take care of that 10% 
of our population that is in the end-of-life care because it's the most expensive and try and create a program that deals with that. Uh, an interesting option, one I hadn't even thought about before, but I have a brother who is a big-time doctor who says, look, this is the biggest problem. It's end-of-life. It's the highest amount of money we spend, and it gets the least amount of health return. I love hearing that there's patient involvement here. That's the biggest thing to me as a, a libertarian. I don't want any mandates. I want exactly. patient involvement. So I, I'm going to have to do I my think, homework on this. I think this. we're only going to be able to have an appropriate and respectful conversation about end-of-life care if it's centered in um, individual self-determination and saying what we want is for individuals working with their families, and if they choose you know, to work with their families, with their uh, faith advisors or their priest or minister or rabbi, and if they want to sit down with their doctor uh, and have an hour-long conversation about what are my options and what should I choose and what should it look like, if they do that, we provide them some incentive, some compensation for having done that because, you know, doctors aren't free. Um, most doctors don't have an extra hour to just sit down and talk with patients. They should, but, you know, they don't. Um, and this is a way to provide compensation for having a conversation that, frankly, most of us don't want to have. And None of us do. Come on. <laughs> I don't I, want to have know, that I, conversation. I've recently gone through this experience myself with my father who passed away earlier this year. Hmm. It's a very hard conversation to have, but the physician who sat us down as a family and walked us through some of the choices in front of us, I, I'm really grateful uh, that he pressed us to have a conversation we didn't want to have, but uh, we did while my father was still um, very much, you know, in full possession of his faculties and able to make the choices that needed to be made. And I am just hoping that as a country we can have a, a healthier, um, respectful conversation that promotes individual liberty and self-determination in these environments. Well, it's so hard and that nobody wants to talk about. I, I'm, I'm so in sync with you on this. I lost, I feel for your loss. My dad left us December 26th of last year. Oh, so wow. we wow. had the same experience, sir. And uh, uh, I'm out of time here. Obviously, you're getting on a train. I will always have room to have this conversation with you, Senator Coons. This is uh, this is the kind of dialogue we need. Thank you, sir. And who knows? Maybe I'll see you in person again soon. That'd be great. Thank, thank you, Senator Coons. He's um, in D.C. And uh, I don't know if he's going to see me tonight. I'll be there. And we'll be back after the break. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. Michael Pelka here, you there. I'm very appreciative of your attendance, your presence, everything to do with you and this show. Because frankly, you guys are helping. You guys are helping support the show. You are making things good for all of us. And it is uh, appreciated from my end. So thanks. Uh, truly a testudo example. We do have the phone lines open. 
888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Still to come on the show, I'm going to try and reach out to this guy who's been, uh, we've been playing phone tag for about a week and a half. He just got back from North Korea, and I want to talk to him about what he saw. Also have some quotes from the father of Otto Warmbier, the kid who was locked up. I say kid, he was a grown-up. 23-year-old who's been in a coma for over a year. Uh, If you saw the movie Saturday Night Fever, one of the most iconic pieces of that movie is about to go on the auction block, and I happen to be friends with the guy who owns it, and I didn't know he was going to sell it until today. And we're going to... uh, We're going to talk about that and what he's doing or planning on doing with the money. Because as you know, as has been discussed on on Glenn Beck's show, iconic Hollywood memorabilia draws a crowd and people with money, especially people who identify with the movie. Glenn was talking about the original R2-D2 being auctioned off soon. But this one, I, I... I would venture to guess this piece of memorabilia, one of the top two or three pieces of memorabilia from Saturday Night Fever. 1977, Saturday Night Fever came out. It is almost hard to believe that movie is 40 years old. But there it is. We'll we'll get to that next hour. Uh, Mark from Maryland is checking in. Mark, how are you, sir? Mike, but uh, the problem I'm having is now with my cat, and it's what? your fault. Wait a minute. It's it's your fault. You're hold on a second here. You're you're fine, but you're having a problem with your cat. But it's my fault. How yeah, how Mark is it is it my fault? Well, it's because you played Hillary on the uh, <laughs> thing about her wanting to be Wonder Woman. And every time my cat ever heard her voice in the last four or five years, every time she got up there to talk about this, that, and the other, and having meetings and running for the election, my cat would get up there and try to destroy the television set uh, because to her shrieky voice. My cat would jump up there, and he'd totally freak out. He would get filled with spilkus. He would be up there trying to destroy the television set. And oh, today, boy. I, you know, I'm watching you on uh, on the, you know, on the computer and uh, listening to you. And my cat was asleep next to me. All of a sudden, Hillary's shrill voice came across the t- the speakers, and he wanted to knock my computer on the floor. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm not really sorry I'm laughing, but I'm sorry I'm laughing. I didn't realize that uh that there should be a warning before anyone's ever going to uh play anything from Hillary, but I guess going forward, if you have pets that get suicidal or violent at the sound of Hillary Clinton's voice, uh j- just let us know. Keep us posted. I'm sorry, Mark. I can't do much about it now. I will wave as as the train goes through Maryland this afternoon. I'm going to be on a, an Amtrak train zipping down 
I've decided I'm going to show my support, my support for Congress. I'm, I, I've got, I hate to say this, I've got four seats on the blue side of the stadium. I'm trying to buy four on the red side, and they told me they were there, and now suddenly they're out, which maybe, maybe a bunch of Republicans have suddenly decided to uh, get off the schneid and, and break open their wallets. So we'll see. But I, I'm going to attend the game tonight. Be working on almost no sleep tomorrow, but what the hell? Yeah, uh, you know what you are know, you gonna do? I know. A little extra coffee. Hang in there. Keep going. Thank you, you know? sir. You have a great rest of your day. And sorry about what's your cat's name? Uh, Shadow. Okay. Uh, obviously, a black cat or Definitely. a gray cat. It's a black cat. It was a rescue cat. That's good. Good for you rescuing a cat. Thank you very much. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, in the world of rescue cats, there are always going to be plenty of black cats, and, and usually in the fall, because a lot of people will will uh, get a black cat around Halloween and think it's a good idea to have a black cat, and then once Halloween's over, they're like, oh, we really didn't want a cat, much less a black cat. Now we're going to give it back. So the shelters always seem to have plenty of black cats, and they're just as good as every other cat. As a matter of fact, shelter cats, shelter dogs always seem to be a little more appreciative because they basically won the, the doggy lotto, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So good for you, Mark. I promise not to play Hillary again I'm, as I'm looking for another Hillary cut. No, I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, there are some really interesting uh, little bits and pieces. I mentioned the um, the blimp that went down. Uh, the blimp, the blimp operator, according to the AP, this is the blimp that was flying over the uh, U.S. Open golf course in Wisconsin. Uh, they said it was. Um, they don't. They don't know the condition of the pilot. There were some some pictures of people who had, in fact. Uh, parachuted out of the the blimp's gondola, but it is the the pen fed blimp that has gone down. And and the weird part is, I just I think I tweeted out a link to a video of it. But the company that owns this blimp is called AirSign. They are a national aerial advertising firm, and uh, their Twitter account says, "Contact us to book your campaign." Um, might not be the day to be putting that on your Twitter profile. And they also just posted uh, a few minutes before the blimp went down. If you are lucky enough to be at the U.S. Open today, share your blimp sighting pics with us uh, at PenFed, hashtag PenFedBlimp, U.S. Open, U.S. Open 2017, Aaron Hills Golf. It's in Aaron Hills, Wisconsin. A beautiful course, unfortunately, it looks like this blimp, which has the PenFed banner on it. PenFed is the Pentagon Federal Credit Union. It's a, I, I'm a full disclosure. I'm a client. I'm a fan. I'm a supporter of the Pentagon Federal Credit Union. I carry their, their cash rewards visa card, and I have a Pentagon Federal mortgage. So uh, I'm a big fan, but I'm a little embarrassed for PenFed today. And honestly, that blimp from AirSign, 
it kind of looks a little cheesy. If you haven't seen it, um, I, I'm gonna. I will. I will tweet out the link to the story. I will tweet out the picture. It kind of looks like a discount blimp, if you ask me. And uh, PenFed, I hope you. Well, first of all, let's hope the pilot's okay. And secondly, Pentagon Federal, let's hope you guys uh, didn't pay the bill already for this. But first of all, let's make sure the the pilot's all right. Uh, I'm just posting it now, a little tweet on the Pentagon Federal blimp. It, it looks like somebody just patched it together. Kind of crazy, right? All right, before uh, before we step away in this first break... Uh, I did post a question earlier this morning, and it's getting a pretty decent response. I'd like to see more of you respond to this. This came because the state that we live here, the constitutionally protected free speech bunker, happens to be in the woods in the state of Delaware, the first state in the union. And our state just announced they are considering smacking all of us here in Delaware with an increased tax. They have a, a $400 million budget hole that they need to fill here in Delaware. And instead of cutting spending like any other normal person would do with their household budget, this very blue state of Delaware has decided the best action would be to create new high tax brackets, and tax the hell out of everybody. And I'm not happy about it, so I'm going to grouse on a local level. But in terms of a national level, as we're, we're hoping that the Trump administration will deliver the tax relief they told us they would, I want to know what you think is the best way to handle taxes. And this is, this is the group of categories that came up with, and a few of you even suggested some of these. Uh, a flat tax. Everybody pays the same percentage. So everybody's got skin in the game. You make $1, if it's a 10% flat tax, you pay a dime. If you make $10 million, guess what? You're paying, you're paying a million bucks. The second choice, simplify the current system. I know Trump talked about it. I know Ted Cruz talked about it. I know many people have talked about simplifying the tax system maybe getting us down to three, four brackets and uh, simplify it so that's 5%, 10%, 15%, and a max out at 20%. I don't think anybody should have to give the federal government any more than 20%. Just my personal opinion. Third choice, no income tax. And we raise money for the federal government with a national sales tax. So that when you go to buy something, there's a tax on everything. It, it basically brings it down to a consumption. And can you imagine having zero income tax taken out of your, your paycheck every week? Zero federal tax. But then every time you bought something, you would have to pay a national sales tax. And the fourth option, which is the one for all the people who do, just don't want to think ever. Can't decide, Mike. Can't make up my mind. So currently, uh, the flat tax has 74% of the, the voters supporting it. Simplify the current system gets 8%. 15% of you say national sales tax, and only 3% can't decide. I think when you think about taxes, 
you start to really finally get invested in the government. And this is why I think we can start getting more people engaged on a better level by really going into this topic. So where do you stand on it? You can vote on, on Twitter at StuntBrain, or you can, you can do what Mark did. You can give me a call, 888-933-93, We'll give you an update on um, Congressman Steve Scalise. And, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, we still have to get to the North Korea story. But if you want to talk flat tax, we'll do that, too. And, oh, I got all those crazy news stories I have to get to. We'll, we'll do that as well on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. There is an update on uh, Congressman Steve Scalise, who was shot yesterday in the hip. Had to be horrible. Not only did the bullet, which was traveling somewhere around 2,400 feet per second. You want to do the math on that? Shattered the hip, went in through the pelvis cracked up the pelvis in a couple places and then also also hit some internal organs that will require additional surgeries. He's having his third surgery right now. Now, I don't know how many surgeries you've had in your life. I think I've had, I had a knee arthroscopically done. I had my wisdom teeth taken out in surgery and I had one other surgery inconsequential i've had three surgeries in my life and i'm in my late 50s this guy has just had his third surgery in the last 30 hours that's tough on the body and they talk about the blood transfusions required because of the loss of blood so keep steve scalise in your prayers president trump is he in fact visited the hospital yesterday last night on his birthday with the first lady and i know what you're saying he's supposed to do that yes he is so anyone who doesn't think this guy's presidential he's i think donald trump is uh making progress leaps and bounds but he spoke to uh the television cameras today as he was talking about this new program that was meant to work on apprenticeships and he opened up talking about steve scalise I visited Steve and his family at the hospital last night, and I reassured them that the entire country is pulling for them, praying for them, and that we are here for them every single step of the way. America's hearts, and we mean this in the truest sense, 
sends its love. We've got a lot of hearts in this country, great hearts, and they're all sending their love and support to the Scalise family. And Steve, in his own way, may have brought some unity to our long, divided country. We've had a very, very divided country for many years. And I have a feeling that Steve has made a great sacrifice, but there could be some unity being brought to our country. I thought that was a great statement. And the president did indicate that Steve Scalise is in a tough situation, which he is. It's just hard to get that part of your body all torn up and be bleeding internally and have it be an easy recovery. So, uh, again, keep me in your prayers. We have someone from South Carolina. I thought I heard who's calling in, Shimon. Janet from South Carolina. Welcome to Pure Opelka. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for taking my call. What's on your mind today? You're welcome. Oh, good golly. We've been self-employed our whole lives. And when you say the word tax, (laughs) it just brings up a lot of feelings. That's for sure. Um, I I loved uh, reading the fair tax book. I love just kind of thinking about all the different options. But I've kind of come to the point where the consumption tax, to me, makes so much sense. It will get a little bit of money from everyone. I feel like if you're going to vote for people in this country and make the decisions on the money in this country, you should be contributing. So um, I, I, I've heard some of the options of giving back some, you know, a little bit of money towards food and necessities and things. And I certainly think that's fair. But I think if you're going to be in this company, country and a participant, um, that you should have a, you know, a dog in the hunt, you should have a stake in it, and you should have to pay a little something. Um, and it will also take care of Catching some of the people who are kind of under the radar, um, maybe doing illegal things when they go to purchase things. Of course, they're going to have to pay into the taxes as well. So it kind of takes a bunch of birds with one stone. That's a great point. And, you know, so often we see things like the soda tax that was put into effect in Philadelphia and cigarette taxes and gasoline taxes. And everyone says those hurt poor people disproportionately. But it also addresses, you know, when we have we have people who are buying cars that cost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and up, those folks are going to get stung with that consumption tax at the same rate that you and I are going to get when we buy a thirty to fifty thousand dollar car. So I I do think it's a great equalizer. I think you got it. You like the fair tax book? Was that was it just titled the fair tax? Um, isn't it, isn't it Bortz's book? I thought, uh, Bortz. Neil Bortz's um, book? Yes. It's been a while since I I read it. Um, but I, I did think it made a lot of sense. I think this, everyone sitting down for months collecting receipts or QuickBooks or paying people and worrying about it and, you know, trying to get the, you know, best, best rate you can. And, um, I think all this is just entirely too much energy when we can either get it at point of consumption or just do a simple flat tax. Forget about people trying to. You know, I hate to say scam the system, but as a... You're right, though. You're absolutely right, Janet. And I'm up against a a hard wall, but I thank you for calling in. Appreciate you for being there. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Can we please not schedule any promos of Jeffy talking about himself with no underwear, wearing a moo-moo and running around? Can we just not do that during my show, especially when people are eating? You know, it's it's lunchtime for most of the country, and you have Jeffy talking about wearing a moo-moo and no underwear. It's just, that's, that's got to be a violation of some sort of broadcasting law somewhere. Please, for the love of God, people, let's be mindful of what promos we're, we're putting into the rotation here. For gosh sakes. Oh, man, I almost lost my lunch. I am feeling good. And why am I feeling good? I'll tell you. Two words, relief factor. Yes, let me tell you about relief factor for just a brief moment. I'm, I'm pain-free. You know, every now and then a little ache and pain, but I started taking Relief Factor. It's all natural. It is an anti-inflammatory that helps me because I had knees that were killing me. I was looking into getting them replaced, believe it or not. Talked about dealing with, do you do one at a time or both? And now, since I've been taking Relief Factor, going into my 15th week, I don't have to take any painkillers, no over-the-counter, no prescription, nothing. I just take Relief Factor. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner is how I do it. I got the three-week quick start pack. It's nineteen ninety-five. Most people see results in seven to ten days, but you gotta be, you gotta be sure you take it with you, and they package it so that you don't have to think about it. Throw a handful of them into your computer bag, your purse, whatever. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Call them. Here's the number, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Ask the questions. Go to relieffactor.com. Research for yourself. Try it. I, I should not have waited, but I'm more active now, and I'm feeling better, and things are rocking and rolling. Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Get the quick start pack now. Don't waste any more time. All right, speaking of wasting time, why do I watch The View when I'm getting ready for this show? Why do I stop over and watch The View? It's just going to make me angry. And I have to call out The View for a, a couple of points. A little bit of Bravo Sierra on The View today. I wor- Most of you know, if you've listened to the show, I worked with Whoopi Goldberg. And I think I can still call her a friend. But I'm also allowed, and, and Whoopi used to encourage people to disagree with her and then make your argument. Whoopi and Joy are spreading a little, uh, a little bull, a little bull chisel. They were talking about the shooting in D.C., in, in Alexandria, of the, of the GOP congressman. And Joy, who knows nothing about guns, but thinks she knows everything about guns and is I bet you Joy's a hoplophobe, somebody who's afraid of guns and bristles at the word gun. Whoopi, on the other hand, is a gun owner. I've seen it. We've talked about it. She's a legal gun owner. And somebody I would trust with a gun because she doesn't drink. And so, you know, I don't have a problem with legal gun ownership. But apparently they're spreading more uh, untruth about the gun. 
the 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 shooter, the jack wagon, had a gun, had a long rifle, and it was a semi-automatic, which every gun, virtually every gun, is a semi-automatic. All that means is one bullet is fired every time you pull the trigger. Every gun's a semi-automatic. And they were talking about it here, and they always make it sound like a semi-automatic is an automatic weapon where you just hold the trigger and it keeps firing. Not the case. Listen to this explanation. Um, what's his name? Hodgkinson. Yeah, he was Hodgkinson. using an SKS 7.62 rifle, whatever that's mm-hmm. a semi-automatic that can fire up to 40 rounds per minute. Mm-hmm. And when he hit the ground yeah, yeah. and it kept firing, yeah. that's what they do. But No, that's not what they do. When he hit the ground, it did not keep firing. That would be an automatic weapon, Whoopi. That's not a semi-automatic weapon. That's bad information. That's fake news. That's Bravo Sierra, Whoop. That is not the truth. And after the liberals ranted for a while, they finally let Jedediah Bila talk. And they were talking about how They were all tense because of gun ownership, and they're always worried about people uh, who have guns in states where they wear guns. Uh, Joy was saying she won't ride uh, public transportation in other cities because she's worried somebody in a city where guns are easily obtained will have a bad day or get mad at someone uh, manspreading and shoot them. Well, first of all, I'm sorry, I don't believe Joy Behar rides the subway. You're making five, six, seven million dollars a year, working 30 weeks a year in New York. You're not in the subway. You're not on the bus, Joy, unless you're accompanied by your own security guard. Let's be honest. But Jedediah tried to explain it to Whoopi and Sonny Hostin and Joy. Second Amendment. I feel very differently about that, though. When I go to states like Arizona, when I go to states like Texas, I'm not worried about law-abiding citizens carrying guns. They don't make me nervous. I feel much more comfortable knowing that if something happens, you have law-abiding citizens that have gone through background checks but have been trained. Have you been around people with guns? All the time. No, I have. Really? Did you notice Whoopi's first assumption? Have you been around people with guns? No. She didn't even give her a chance to answer. She did not let Jedediah answer. I know Jedediah Bila. I know Jedediah has been around people with guns. I know a little bit more about her. Back- well, Whoopi's worked with her for a while, so maybe she knows. But listen to this. They just, they try and ride you out with numbers shouting you down. So have you been, been around with afraid people with guns? I have, and you know, a lot of these people I don't take, believe you, Jed. No, I, I don't believe you. Because when somebody, when somebody I'm shoots a conservative. A gun, they're, they're very pro-guns, pro-second amendment. Listen, I'm Listen, no, I'm, I, I have no I have problem, a lot of I'm, I'm not saying a gun to girl, you, but I have a lot of I am saying to guns. you that when people start shooting, mm-hmm. people tend to run. If other people have guns, it makes it very hard for the police to yes, know who to shoot. And they're more likely to hurt themselves. Who to shoot because every civilian's got a gun at. But the problem is if the Capitol Police weren't there, and the Capitol Police were only there because Scalise is there and he's the House Majority Whip, yeah. they had not shown up. There would have been a massacre there. But that's, that's their job. But, but that's their job. But people, well, if you live in a society where only the police have guns, that's called a police state. That is not the United States that's of America. Not the police. Thank you. Thank you, Jedediah Bila. Thank you, Jedediah Bila. If you live in a place where only the police have guns, you live in a police state. 
the whole reason for the Second Amendment explained right there. It's not about keeping uh, an invading army from our shores. Yeah, that's a little bit of it. It's, it's about keeping the current government from becoming a, a brutal dictatorship where the military keeps everyone at bay. You want to look at South Korea? Then look at North Korea. Look at the free society and look at the society where the government controls everything and the government has all of the weapons and the people have no say. I, I totally agree with Jedediah Bila here. Totally. And you'll notice the tactics, the tactics from the uber liberals who will try and shout down the one conservative they have. And it's all Whoopi, Whoopi couldn't fight Jedediah's statement. She, she could only say, I don't believe you. Now, if you said, I don't believe you to everything Whoopi claimed to know, where do you think you'd be? I certainly don't think you'd be lasting on The View very long because Whoopi would make sure you weren't there. But that's the way the liberal mind works. Shout down, give bad information. That's not a semi-automatic weapon if it keeps firing. That's an automatic weapon. I'm going to take a break. When we get back, maybe it's time for some really stupid news. You want some stupid news and it's Father's Day stupid news? Yeah, I think we'll get to that next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, after I deal with a bunch of ranting liberals, I need the the comfort, the safe space of stupid news. Really need that because it takes me, brings me in off the ledge. And then some of these news stories will obviously infuriate me, but some of them are absolutely fantastic. For example, like the story of the New York-based group Farm Sanctuary that rescued six pigs from an island in the Sacramento-San Joaquin Delta in California. The pigs got to fly off the tiny island where animal rights workers said they were uncared for. So somebody, and I'm sure these people are very green and very environmental, so somebody actually flew from the New York-based farm sanctuary to rescue these pigs, take them off the island, and then turn them over to the University of California Davis Veterinary School. Seems like a, a phone call could have handled that, you know. Uh, these stories pop up all the time, and it makes me wonder... It makes me wonder, uh, is nobody paying attention? A Massachusetts woman gave birth on the sidewalk outside of her house recently. She didn't know she was pregnant. Let me tell you that again. A Massachusetts woman gave birth to a six-pound, six-ounce baby girl, apparently 
Mom and child are in great health. Mom didn't know she was pregnant. Mom had bad stomach pains and was going to go to the hospital. So she walked out of her front door, was wandering the sidewalk when uh, apparently a child decided it was going to have its birthday. The woman, Christine Harvey, gave birth on the sidewalk and one of her neighbors said, you know, I thought that was weird. Um, I, I thought it was her child's doll. Ms. Harvey, who is the mother of three now, so she's gone through this twice already before. This was the third time she'd been pregnant. The third time. And she had no idea. You Honestly, you have no idea you were pregnant? Seriously. It's a, it's a little confusing to me. I would think you might know. And then this one gets the uh, dumb excuse of the week. A college student in Wyoming... A college student, 23-year-old Linda Marie Cormany, was arrested. She was arrested when she tried to leave the local Walmart store with $1,900 worth of stuff. That's a lot of stuff in a Walmart store. They, um, they had her arrested. The police came and, and locked her up. Uh, when they first asked her, what are you doing stealing from uh, Walmart, taking all this stuff? She said, um, well, I want to move away from my my roommate. My roommate had cluttered up the apartment and I couldn't handle it. So I was just moving away and getting my own stuff. Well, after she gave the police that excuse, she decided, no, I've got to come up with something better. So she decided to tell the cops that she was not shoplifting. No, the $1,900 worth of stuff had nothing to do with shoplifting. She was doing a research paper on shoplifting for her college education. And if the story about the stupid shoplifter and the story about the woman who gave birth on the sidewalk doesn't do it for you, perhaps this one will. It kind of relates to the woman who gave birth on the sidewalk. You guys know how I love minor league baseball, and this one is my favorite. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Yes, that's the name of the team. They have a great logo. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, Shrimp, they are the minor league affiliate of the Miami Marlins, have a promotion happening tonight. The promotion happening tonight is called You Might Be the Father's Day Game. So if you go in the park, they're giving free pregnancy tests to all the ladies. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are handing out pregnancy tests at tonight's game. And the slug line for the promo? No, it has nothing to do with Jerry Springer or Maury Povich. But it does say, this is the night you can come to the ballpark and know if you need to return for Sunday's Father's Day game. If you want more details, if you're in the area and you want to attend the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, you might be the Father's Day game. It is tonight, and I understand there are tickets and pregnancy tests still available. Best idea of the week. 
Congratulations, Jacksonville. You just brought me in off the ledge. Michael Pelka taking a break. When we get back, oh, there's more to cover, including the update from the dad of the kid who got locked up and returned home in a coma from North Korea. We'll cover that. And what about Saturday Night Fever and this iconic piece of memorabilia? Come on back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Michael Pelka with you on the uh, third hour of the program today on National Lobster Day. I haven't had any lobster today. I didn't realize it was National Lobster Day till Harriet Baldwin told me so. What am I going to do? Oh, the choices, the choices for National Lobster Day. Maybe we'll find something along the way to the the congressional baseball game tonight. Uh, breaking news from the people at AirSign, because uh, I have been monitoring the story about the Pentagon Federal Credit Union blimp that went down in Wisconsin. Uh, there were people seen parachuting out of the blimp. It was a, an, an aircraft that was floating over the golf tournament starting today. And uh, a lot of people were posting videos of it coming down. The people from AirSign have just reported, thank you um, for your concerns. The blimp pilot is being taken to the hospital, but is expected to be okay. No details on the cause of the crash. Kind of unfortunate. You know, you get your big chance to get your blimp in the air and flying over the golf tournament. It's going to be on TV for several days. Obviously going to be a big event on the weekend. And uh, day one, in the first couple hours, there goes your blimp. It's down. It's burning. The people uh, who were in the little gondola, this was not the big Goodyear blimp or the Virgin airship that we used to see. This is a, a different kind of a blimp. It looks more like it has an ultralight attached underneath it. So uh, we're, we're seeing uh, there's some breaking news on CNN right now. They're, they're saying the Senate Intelligence Committee will not probe Donald Trump for obstruction. But beside the fact, the Washington Post will leak that story that says Robert Mueller is investigating Donald Trump for possible obstruction of justice. And that has to do with the firing of James Comey. And, of course, uh, an unnamed source for this. An unnamed source. So uh, I, I don't like unnamed sources, especially when they drop them with curious timing. There, you have to admit, it certainly was curious timing to put uh, the story out, Washington Post, on the evening of the president's birthday and the day that we had uh, a very, a very tense day in Washington D.C. If you heard. Senator Chris Coons talking to us earlier. He was not even there, and I think it was a tough day for him. He's not exactly a guy who's out playing baseball. Not a, not an athlete guy. He's more of the brainiac kind of a guy. 
But uh, that that fact that those were unidentified sources, anonymous sources in that story, saying that Mueller is investigating Trump for possible obstruction of justice, despite the fact they're unnamed sources, that doesn't stop the rest of the press from trying to hit Donald Trump with that question. The president was in the White House with a bunch of folks talking about the um, the need for us to have more apprenticeships, basically talking about what Mike Rowe has been saying to Glenn Beck and on on television for the past five years. There are great jobs out there in the trades, but we just need to get people involved in apprenticeships. And uh, the press couldn't wait for the president to stop speaking so they could ask him about the unsubstantiated Washington Post story. Mr. President, do you believe that you are under investigation now? Mr. President, do you now believe? Do you want to respond on camera to the Washington Post report, Mr. President? The president has mastered the art of not responding. The president, in his very short time in office, I think we're at day 146, has mastered the art of just not looking at the reporter and moving away. I thought that was a good move. So, good for you, Mr. President. He's also been tweeting about it. The president has responded to the press, but not the way they want him to respond. He's responded in the way that he likes to respond. And that's using uh, just the avoidance, using Twitter. Uh, Ken Starr has been asked about this case. Ken Starr, the guy who was the man behind the investigation, the independent investigation of Bill Clinton. And Kenneth Starr was on CNN today. And he is quoted as saying there is no obstruction case against Donald, uh, uh, Donald Trump so far. No obstruction case. So you got a guy who's got some experience in this. And I know the Democrats are going to say, well, he's partisan. But you thought he was an independent guy then. So what's changed is always my question. What's changed now? We'll see what happens. Uh, the Mueller thing is, is a bit disturbing because, obviously because we now hear how many of the people that Robert Mueller has hired have some kind of connection to Democrats, whether they gave money, and they're not gigantic amounts of money, but it still indicates a preference, doesn't it? When you're giving money only to one side, it indicates a bias, a preference. All right, I said I'd get to North Korea and uh, the story of um, Fred Warmbier. He's the father of Otto Warmbier. One of the questions everybody wanted to know when, when Fred Warmbier addressed the press today was obviously the question that we all could not believe that the morning, Tuesday morning, we get up and Dennis Rodman's everywhere because he's now over in North Korea. Dennis Rodman, one of the few people who knows both Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, probably has them both on his phone. And uh, then later that day, a guy who's been held in a work camp, who's been in a coma, we learned just recently, for over, over 13, 14 months. Did Rodman get the release? Well, Fred Warmbier had a pretty interesting response to that question. Did Dennis Rodman? No, he didn't. He, he, Dennis Rodman had nothing to do with Otto. It's, try, it, you know, it's a diversion. 
you know, they just released Otto. It's a diversion, I'm sure. It's, th it, it, this is all planned. Yes, Dennis I, Rodman's? I could care less. I, I love the dad's reaction. I think this father has a very clear understanding of what happened and how, how his son's release was handled. And I love when they say, uh, well, what do you think about Dennis Rodman? I could not care less. Now, the, the father also addressed the, some issues about the holding of his son and how the government, the American government, dealt with it, specifically the Obama administration. And was there anything he'd like to say about that? The question is, do I think the past administration could have done more? I think the results speak for themselves. Interesting, right? Here's a guy with a little bit of diplomatic skills. I kind of like that. He didn't go after the past administration. He just said, look at the results. My son is home now, and President Trump's been in office 146, 147 days. Any questions? And as a matter of fact, President Trump actually talked with Fred Warmbier last night, and Mr. Warmbier addressed that phone call. President Trump called, called me at, say, 10 o'clock last night and just wanted to find out how, I, how Cindy and I were doing and wanted to know about Otto. Um, it was a really nice conversation. It was, it was kind, and it was, are you taking care of yourself? And, you know, we worked hard, and, um, you know, and, and, I, and I'm sorry this is the outcome. And he told me a little bit about, you know, Secretary Tillerson and Joe Yoon, and, you know, they teamed up, and they, they made things happen. And, uh, you know, he was very candid, and just it was a nice conversation. And to be honest with you, I had avoided conversations with him. And, and then, because to what end? I'm dealing with my son. This is about Otto. But I did take the call, and, and it was gracious, and it was nice, and it felt good. And I thank him for that. I, I think this guy's got a, a good head on his shoulders. You can't imagine what he's gone through for the past 15, 16 months watching his son. If you remember when Otto was taken away after he was sentenced to 15 years, you remember his tearful exclamations in the uh, South Korean courtroom as the guys with the giant hats were walking him out and he was talking about his brother and sister needing him. It was heartbreaking. And so from that moment to the, the last couple of days, Fred Warmbier had to deal with trying to get his son home and, and finally did. Uh, the press conference was was pretty interesting, pretty straightforward. Um, he did thank the supporters. And I made a decision this morning to wear the coat that Otto wore when he was, uh, I don't know, a prisoner in North Korea. This is the coat he wore when he did his confession, and I thought it was an amazing performance. I'm proud of him, and I'll start with an opening statement. I want to thank everyone who has shared their thoughts, prayers, and best wishes with the Warmbier family during the past 17 months. The burden of our ordeal has been eased by the support we have experienced, not only from our friends in Cincinnati, but throughout Ohio, at the University of Virginia, throughout the United States, and indeed from around the world. I'd also like to thank Todd, Lynn, Mr. Seiler, Mr. Burke from Wyoming High School. 
This is a place where Otto experienced some of the best moments of his young life. And he would be pleased to know that his return to the United States would be acknowledged on these grounds. My wife, Cindy, is at Otto's side this morning. It's kind of touching to hear the father talk about his son's return and he's wearing the jacket that you see Otto wearing in in the moment he's being taken out of the courtroom. He also spoke very frankly about North Korea and and how how North Korea really isn't getting hurt by anything we're doing. I don't see a tough approach to North Korea. They're still able to, to take Americans hostage and abuse them. They're still able to, to be terrorists in the world. I don't know that North Korea is... Listen, North Korea terrorized... The, the, it started with the prisoner of, prisoners of war, of the North Korean War. It extended to the USS Pueblo, and now it extended to my son, Otto. It's not... I, I'm not in government, and I don't... It's not my call. I love this guy's approach. He takes it from a very personal approach about his son, but he also brings in the historical aspect of how North Korea has been allowed to do so much for so many years. And despite all of our tough talk, we're really not getting tough with North Korea. We haven't gotten tough with North Korea. Um, How do we say this? How do we date this? Ever? Never. We've never gotten tough with North Korea. And I really think this this president is going to change that. Absolutely going to change that. We'll see, right? We will. It's a it's a we'll see moment. All right. I'm stepping aside for a minute. When we get back, um, I need to start setting up here because we're going to talk about one of the one of the biggest movies in terms of profit ever was Saturday Night Fever. It came out in the, the fall of 1977. And um, I happen to know one of the guys who, who owned the nightclub where the film was shot. And they gave the guy two choices. They said, we can give you a cash payment to, to use your nightclub or we can, we can give you a piece of the movie. And they're watching this movie being shot and set up, and they know the script, and it's about disco. And let's face it, it's 1977. Disco was a thing, but it was just a new thing. And who's this guy, John Travolta? He was a, he was a sweat hog on a TV show. Nah, it's not going to do any, any big numbers. Give me... Give me the cash. I'll take the five grand. You know what happened. But one of the pieces of memorabilia from that show is suddenly in play. Glenn Beck talked about uh, the R2-D2 going up for auction. Well, another iconic piece of American film history is going up for auction from Saturday Night Fever. Do you know what it is? Uh, we'll, we're just around the corner from talking to the guy who, in fact, owns it. Well, at least temporarily. We'll do that and some other updates on what's going on in the world with the Cosby jury. Uh, they say they're deadlocked. The judge has some direction. And, and so much more when Pure Opelka returns. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Let me remind you this number, 800-500-8384. Write it down. 800-500-8384. If you're dealing with chronic pain, like in the joints, in the knees, in the back, in the neck, in the hips, try Relief Factor for three weeks. Try it. Give it a shot. It's uh, $19.95 for a three-week trial pack. I got the Quick Start Pack. I tried it. Eight days into it, guess what? I'm feeling like no pain in my knees, which were killing me. And I stopped taking those green gel caps. You know, the ones you're supposed to take every four hours. And you're only supposed to take two, but I was taking three or four at a time. So, uh Guess what? I haven't taken one of those over-the-counter painkillers and certainly no prescription since I started after the eighth day of Relief Factor. It's, it's an amazing thing for me. It changed my life. I'm playing more golf. I'm walking more on the golf course. I'm working in the garden. I'm enjoying outdoors. And it's perfect timing for me in the summer. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. If you want to know more, go to relieffactor.com. It's very simple. All right. Um, you know, we're not going to get my buddy until the bottom of the hour, just after the break at the bottom of the hour. And uh, we'll talk about the Saturday Night Fever thing. Uh, there is there is a lot going on anyway, as As you may have heard me say earlier in the day, the Bill Cosby jury, which was given the case a day and a half ago, this is the third day of deliberations, basically. Um, They do not have, in in terms of their mind, they don't have the ability to, to come to a verdict. They told the judge they were deadlocked. And the judge took them, put them aside, and said, no, you're not deadlocked. You're going to have to go back and uh, try and work this out. And um, that, that's the deal. That's called the dynamite discussion. So they're back in the jury room. Now, what happens if they come out at the end of the day and say, we can't do anything, Your Honor. We don't get it. Well, they could make this a mistrial, and then the prosecutors will have to see if they're actually going to do anything. But... Uh, After Bill Cosby left the courtroom for a second day doing the Fat Albert sound, the hey, 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 it it sure feels like Cosby's crew thinks that they've got this. Cosby's crew feels like they're in good shape, and they may be. They may absolutely be in the driver's seat on this. Oh, is Frank and PA on the phone? Frank, uh, I didn't know you were there. I'm sorry, I missed it. 
Frank, uh, you want to check in? I've only got a few here. What's up? Yeah, before you get to the Disco Pelta uh, era, I was <laughs> going to uh, – it, 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 you were having a little bit of trouble with the association of, of uh, Hillary Clinton and Wonder Woman, but I've always associated Hillary Clinton with Wonder Woman. I wonder what she would, what we could get out of her as far as truth goes with that magic lasso, what she would admit to. So, I see what I've you did there. That, I've I need, seen that connection. I need a, a snibble, a, a snare drum and a cymbal. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. I wonder welcome, why Mike. we made you stay on hold so long. When we get back, <laughs> it is the Disco Pelka era. You're going to learn something about Saturday Night Fever that you probably didn't know. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, host privilege time on the show. And, you know, we do cover a lot of what's going on in the news. We try and get uh, as much of the breaking news your way. And then some of the stories, like I was talking about tax policy earlier. And by the way, the vital question of the day poll is still up on Twitter at StuntBrain. Uh, what do you think is the best way for us to to tax people? Is it a flat tax? Is it a uh, government sales tax? And we eliminate the income tax altogether? Just weigh in. It's one of those things that uh, we try to do every single day. It doesn't happen every day, but it happens most every day. Uh, I, I've been talking earlier about a movie that had a, an effect on my life. Saturday Night Fever came out in 77. And um, I remember the the big party that they tried to have happen in New York City for the 30th anniversary in um, in 2007. And that uh, ran into some weather issues uh, or, or it might have, it might have been the 25th anniversary now that I think about it. But the guy who can give us all the information on that is an old friend of mine, a guy I knew from my New York radio days before I stepped out of New York onto this national stage at the Blaze Radio. Uh, his name is Vito Bruno, and he is a, a Brooklyn guy. If you ever wanted to meet a Brooklyn guy, it would be Vito Bruno. Vito and I go way back to my days at WKTU Radio, and uh, I, I asked Vito to join me to tell a story, a pretty remarkable story that he's involved in today. Vito, first of all, I haven't seen you in forever, but I appreciate you taking my call today and agreeing to chat with me. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Congratulations on this show. Thanks. Yeah, you know, I had I known about this last week when I was filling in for Glenn Beck on 300 stations, I would have said, let's get Vito on there. And it uh, would have been even bigger. This is still big. We're coast to coast. We're all over. We got people listening in Australia, Vito. That's the, that's the good part of this. Now, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the, the, was it the 25th anniversary party that we had that weather meltdown? You mean when they coined the term nor'easter? That yeah. was the 20th anniversary. That was 
November 1st, 1997, the day that will live in infamy. I remember was, we were all we were all getting ready to go to uh, the Odyssey nightclub and have this magical night with the reunion of the Bee Gees. And and I think Travolta was scheduled to come in, too, wasn't he? Yes, we, we had uh, we had spent almost a year planning that event. We had um, had the entire street closed off. We had a big concert stage at the end of the block over there. Um, and then what I had done was I had restored the nightclub to what it looked like uh, when they filmed the movie. Because I was a kid working in that club at that time as my first gig. And I got the best compliment I ever got of any of the shows. The people that uh, were there at, and uh, the club participants and the people for the movie, they walked in to the club and they go, they didn't do one thing to this club in 20 years. So we know we nailed it perfectly. Wow, that's amazing. And after you worked at the club as a young guy, and then you were involved in, in all kinds of promotions. I was involved with you in many different promotions with our radio station and, and things that were going on in New York. You ended up owning the dance floor, the iconic dance floor from the movie, the one with the lights that Travolta danced on. Where have you been keeping this, Vito? Well, it's actually in storage, uh, two blocks from where it originally was filmed in the movie, uh, out here in Brooklyn. Uh, that was uh, uh, the the floor got auctioned off um, when they were closing the club, and I had went to the auction and I had purchased it. Uh, it wound up three or four years in litigation, but we wound up with the floor. I it's one of the most unusual things I know. Uh, at one point, Gene Siskel owned the white suit that Travolta danced yeah. in, and and that's you know somewhere on display in a museum. But uh, you just never think about the floor. But that floor has a whole history, and and we're talking about the floor from Saturday Night Fever, the iconic film turning forty this year. And Vito, you're you're auctioning this off through uh, its profiles and history in Calabasas, California. Obviously, the stuff's the pictures are online, but you're doing this uh, for a for a political reason. And I did not know you were you were getting into politics. Is this your first foray well, into politics? Well, yes. Well, it's not for a political reason. We, um, you know, I had uh, this. Yes, this is my first foray into politics. Um, running for Brooklyn Borough President out here, um, but fundraisers traditionally. Um, have been pretty stuffy. And as we all know, these campaigns are completely run by doing these fundraisers. Um, so everybody thought, oh, you have the dance floor, and there's been a lot of press uh, worldwide in the last four weeks about the uh, the auction. So they says, well, before the auction, let's bring out the dance floor and have a fun kind of fundraiser, because that is kind of what you've been doing, you know, fun, great events. So we're bringing it out for the last time or we're going to light it up for the final time in Brooklyn and hopefully be lighting up my career as a politician. And, and Vito, a lot of people don't outside of the New York area don't realize this, but Brooklyn, Brooklyn has 2.6 plus million people. It's one of the largest cities. If you just drew a, uh, a line around Brooklyn and said, okay, you're a city by yourself, just not a, a borough of, of New York. 
uh, Brooklyn would be a top, what, a top five city in America. Brooklyn would be the top three uh, city in in America with documented people. Now, we have more than (laughs) a million undocumented people over here. So I'm I'm sure we'd be in the probably number two versus number three, but it's, it's, you know, we legitimately have over 3 million people out here in Brooklyn, and it is a wonderful, wonderful place. Oh, I've, I I have many fond memories right of, of times in Brooklyn. And, and you as borough president, I, I could get in a lot more trouble, I think, and get out of it easier. It might be a wise thing. I haven't even asked you, I, what party are you in, Vito? Well, right now we're uh, seeking endorsements from several parties. And, and as you know, um, going out, you have to get signatures, uh, thousands of signatures for each party, each line you're looking to run on. And uh, fundraisers, a certain amount of people have to contribute from each party that you want to run on. So uh, right now we're out seeking endorsements from several different parties. And Hmm. we um, have been talking to a few people about uh, forming yet another party, which is um, representative of the far left and the far right, taking the best from each and um, bringing it all to the center because right now we just need to all get along. See, this is why I remember Vito Bruno, and that's the guy we're talking to. He currently is the owner of the dance floor from Saturday Night Fever, the iconic light-up dance floor. It's going to be auctioned later this month through Profiles in History in Calabasas, California on June 26th. If you're in the New York area on June 22nd, uh, Vito, if we show up at the Bay Ridge, uh, the, the Encore Restaurant in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, will we be allowed to dance on the floor one last time? A hundred percent. We have, See, we're getting calls from as far as Italy and uh, Spain and England uh, and Australia, people that want to come in just to dance on that dance floor. See, this is amazing. This is why I understand why you are the guy who needs to be running for Brooklyn Borough President, because in your own quote in the paper about this story today, I saw it in a New York paper, these are Vito Bruno's words in print. The job is basically a promoter for the Borough of Brooklyn. It's custom-made for someone like me, close quote. You're exactly right, Vito. You are the guy to do this. So I salute you for this. This is a great idea. Well, thank you, sir. You know, as a you know, as a promoter, you're promoting programs, you're promoting a better quality of life, getting the word out, making Brooklyn a better place, you know, promoting how to deal with homeless, how to deal with opioids, how to deal with it all. And as a promoter, we know how to promote and get messages yeah. out to help these people of Brooklyn. I am certainly so forward to trying to get this gig, boy, let me tell you. Well, I, I um, wish you uh, nothing but good, good luck, sir. And uh, good luck on the auction. I'll be following it as well. It's estimated between a million and a million and a half bucks, and I, I see that as a pretty good guy, a pretty good estimate. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that that's what the uh, auction house uh, felt it was worth. Um, in the in the right hands, you know, it, it, if a casino grabs it or a, uh, you know, a, some sort of public kind of uh, venue grabs it, it could be worth far more than that to them. My gut is uh, a private collector is probably going to grab it because it is one of the most recognizable 
pieces of movie memorabilia in existence. Absolutely, and you were prescient to go out and bid on it and, and have it locked up all these years. Thank you, Vito. Well, His name is Vito Bruno. Keep an eye out for him. He might be the next Bronx Borough president, but, Brooklyn, you know, he's going to— Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh, did I say Bronx? Sorry. You sure uh, did. Yeah, I'm, that would get me killed. That would get me killed, Vito. My bad. The next Brooklyn yes, Borough president. Have a have a great rest of your day, sir, and I'm glad you don't Thank know you, where sir. I live after that last comment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Uh honestly, one of the one of the more entertaining and interesting characters in my old radio days, and now he's taking a turn to politics to be the borough president of Brooklyn. Really is a a massive city when you think about the numbers officially. 2.6 million, and as Vito said, unofficially, probably over 3 million people somewhere in the borough. Uh, but uh, I'll keep you posted. I'm going to watch this auction. It's next week. It's June 26th. And it, again, if you're in New York and you want to dance on the on the Saturday Night Fever dance floor one more time, they're having an event June 22nd. It's a fundraiser for Vito's campaign at the Encore Restaurant in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a throwback Thursday, and I got to throw it back to the time that uh, I was in the studio with the Bee Gees back in my, my radio days, my music radio days. Actually, somewhere, and I don't think we can play it here, but I convinced all of them to record a parody for um, for the radio station. It was one of those wacky morning zoos, and they agreed to do the parody. I wonder if I can post it on Twitter. If I can, I will. If I can, I will. But right after the show today, I'm headed from the constitutionally protected free speech bunker here in the woods of Delaware down to Washington, D.C., where I am going to be trying trying to get some interviews with the people on either side of the aisle at the baseball game. So if you're going to the game, look for me. I'm going to have the iconic white blaze baseball cap, the old logo. I'm going old school. Of course, it's a throwback Thursday. And I've reached out to all of our friends who are in the Republican section and told them I couldn't get a seat there. And we're trying to get there. I'm going to try and convince uh, a couple of people from theblaze.com in the D.C. office to join me as well. So you never know what you'll find on the Internet. Depending on signal strength, D.C. generally sucks for signal strength. Uh, we will maybe do some periscoping tonight from uh, the Nationals field. I asked Pete Kasparowitz of the Washington Examiner if he wanted to join me because I, I got a couple extra tickets. And he's like, no way. I don't like all those politicians. I love the charity, but I don't like the politicians. Pete is honest to a fault. So I appreciate him. 
Uh, but uh, we'll take care of that. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll have uh, extra stuff tonight. And those of you who are, are telling me I'm killing you, like you, the Duchess of Kofefe, for not giving you enough time to get to Brooklyn. Yeah, it, it's going to be a blast in Brooklyn on the 22nd as they have the last dance on the Saturday Night Fever dance floor. So thanks to Vito Bruno for joining us today. Thanks to everybody who tweeted along during the show. Uh, there's a whole bunch going on, a whole bunch going on in the world. And, and hopefully tomorrow or late tonight, we'll get better news, better news about Congressman Steve Scalise, who's currently in a very, very tough tough fight for his life. He's not just fighting for saving a leg or, or saving an organ. Steve is fighting for his life. So take a while today and say a prayer for Steve Scalise and say thank you to the, the men and women of the Capitol Police Force, the one man, the one woman who actually were on duty that day and ran in against against what would have been our better judgment, which would have said, get the hell out of there. I know we've been talking about this for two days now, but you know, what more important thing is there than the safety of the people we send to Washington to do our business? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Let's wrap up the, the week tomorrow and have some fun. Uh, keep an eye out on Periscope and uh, Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.